All right, we're recording. All right. How you been? I've been great. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, I'm guessing, well, I know life has changed a lot for you yeah. since the last time we saw each other. Yeah. What have been up to? Motherhood? Motherhood. Yeah. Uh, great relationship. Yeah. New house. Yeah. So, really nothing too much good yeah. right now. Life is good. Life is great right now. I think I think life is always good. Um, even when we're going through those hard times. Yeah. You know, and I, I know we can both relate on that mm-hmm. subject. Um, just uh, the way both of our lives have gone up and down throughout the years. And I mean, for me, um, those hard times are lessons, you know, and you learn they from are. those lessons. And you make the most of it. You take what you get. It's like um, bad trips. People talk to me about having bad trips, and I'm like, on psychedelics. Yeah. So people are saying, uh, oh, I'm scared to have a bad trip. And I'm like, you don't ever really have a bad trip. You have a hard time. But if you take that experience, you meditate on it, you look back on it, there's probably something very beneficial you can learn yes. about yourself. And so the same thing can apply to life lessons and yeah. hardships in life. That is very true. Yeah. I've taken the so, so much from every journey that I've been on in my life. And from each tragedy, I've built myself up more and more and more. And there's been so many times I wanted to give up. But then I found purpose and remembered, you know, even in the bad, the bad times, waiting those out makes the good times so much better makes it so much better so much easier and then it also has gotten to the point for me where I've grown so much that now going through a tragedy I know how to handle it Mm -hmm. better as like my soul knows how to accept it Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to deal with it and how to handle my stress properly and a lot of that has to do with um trying to maintain the seizures and keep them under control and not to be stressed. Yeah. Um, I found that surrender, um, to, to the, to life's, the way that life flows, fighting against, um, hardships, being stressed, being angry, being sad, none of that really changes anything. And so, through psychedelic experiences i've learned a lot yeah and like surrendering to those hard trips those hard experiences surrendering to things that you have no control of in life you just let go and let it be and um you find in psychedelic experiences when you fight a trip it just gets worse and worse the harder you fight you try to stop it you want it to stop it just gets heavier and heavier and uh, you learn to surrender and just accept what life is giving you mm-hmm. and know that tomorrow's a new day, that life goes on. And, I, and I, it's kind of been one of my, my mantras, you know, for the last few years is that life goes on. No yes. matter what you're experiencing, any hardship, um, I learned that you do smile again, you do laugh again, yes, you do love again. Yes, through definitely. all of these, through all through all of the hardships. So, um, how's the uh, you you talked a little bit about your your seizures and how you're handling that? Um, what's changed? Um, multiple things. Um, mainly, my boyfriend's helped me a lot when it comes to learning how to control my stress mm-hmm. and what to do. Um, I've I've learned a lot and grown from him. Honestly, he's, mm-hmm. he's shown me a lot about myself that I don't think I really would have realized if he wouldn't have pointed out. Yeah. And that's helped me deal with stress so much easier. Like, and being able to deal with stress makes it where I don't have seizures as often. Mm-hmm. Or when I go through something hard, I don't have a seizure. Yeah. If, so that helps. And then of course, THC mm-hmm. uh, that um, I smoke throughout the day and it keeps me from seizing. And yeah. It's pretty good. And then of course, if 
if it's really bad, though, um, I will have to take a benzo. Mm-hmm. But that's just and, worst and, case scenario. And it's not that pharmaceuticals are really bad. Yeah. I mean, they do have their uh, benefits. Their benefits. And I I know that for a while when I was really far gone, like really deep into my depression and anxiety, I've suffered from severe anxiety, like really bad to where I would think that I'm going to have a seizure. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had a seizure. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I haven't, but cause I felt on the verge and I felt that fear. I've been in that place. Like, Oh shit, this is like, I'm going to die right now. Yeah. Like I've had that crippling anxiety and, um, the time where I make sure you're like one side of your face still numb. And, yeah. Yeah. That, where it's and almost it's like you feel like, like you're going to have yeah. a stroke. But nothing's ever happened. Yeah, that's just a major panic attack. Yeah. That usually happens from hyperventilating. Yeah, and um, so I did for a while. I uh, was prescribed SSRIs, mm-hmm. and um, they helped get me through a, a rough period where my stress and anxiety was through the roof, and it was just I had been neglecting it for so long that it was all built up, and I needed some help. And I used uh, pharmaceuticals to get through a little hump. Mm-hmm. And then once I felt like I was kind of in control again, I started weaning myself off of those SSRIs. Of course, against doctor's orders. Yeah. They want to keep you on those things for life, you know. But um, they do. I, uh, I weaned myself off. I was in a better state of mind where I knew a lot of this has to do with the neglect. I've been neglecting you know, my physical health. You know, there's so many things that we can do to um, better prepare our body for those type of situations. Yes, definitely. Like uh, panic attacks and severe anxiety. Um, I've never been to a therapist. I've never talked to a therapist about any of it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a self-learning, self-taught kind of person, mm-hmm. so I do all my own research. And um, I found that, you know, there's a practice in clinical psychology for people with severe anxiety they, they have them do breathing exercises, kind yes. of like uh, hyperventilating, and they kind of train you, kind of do that over and over, and you train yourself to adapt to that feeling. Yeah. So you train your body to know what to do in that situation. You just do it over and over again. It's like um, reliving traumas. When you speak about your traumas and everything, that helps you overcome them. Um, sort of like a flashback. Yeah. And so. I started, I started doing that in my life. I started running every day and that puts you in a state of like, oh shit, I'm about to fall out because yeah. I'm exhausted. But you learn how to, how to handle that feeling. Yeah. And running has completely eliminated my anxiety. If I'm doing it all the time, if I stay on top of it, um, I'm eating good, you know, taking care of my body. And that severe anxiety has vanished, and it's that's good. It's been amazing. That's really <laughs> so. good. My um my anxiety actually started getting a lot better after I went and did ketamine treatments. Mm-hmm. I did ketamine treatments for depression and anxiety, and I did six rounds or six treatments, and it was the most. It changed me mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get sad still, of course, because yeah. everybody does. But I'm yeah. not, I'm not depressed at all, and yeah. my anxiety is nowhere near where it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember just because how it worked is, is the doctor, um, his name's Doctor Hill, and he was in Plano. And I highly suggest everybody go and do this because it was. If they're having problems with, with depression, anxiety, okay. it is great. Oh, it's also great for PTSD. Yeah. I mean, it because that's what it really did for me. And he, put, he puts you in this room, and it's a very relaxing room. You're in a comfy chair. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can listen to music, do whatever you want in there pretty much. And um, he'll give you the ketamine, and then he'll give you a IV. And then he'll give you um, a beta blocker and some benzos mm-hmm. to keep you calm, so you don't like uh, freak out. Yeah. And they he only, he gives you controlled dosage, of course. Mm-hmm. It goes based off your weight. 
and you it la- it's he says it lasts two hours, but for me for some reason it always it always took about four hours mm-hmm. for me in the office. Yeah, but there was one time I remember specifically because I mean I, I kind of nodded off a lot, but one time I remember was the self realization of I was reliving rapes. I was reliving sexual assaults. I was reliving being beaten, Mm -hmm. so many different things. And I was thinking about all of that and how I survived it and how I somehow still made it, even though I never thought I would in those moments. And I took, I don't know how to put it. I took from the experience how, like, without having to use ketamine, how to pull away from myself mm-hmm. and reevaluate what's going on yeah. around me, reevaluate my situation, reevaluate how I'm, how my soul is, mm-hmm. reevaluate just and how I can move forward, how I can handle things. And did it help you realize that these things that happened aren't who you are? Yes, like, definitely. They don't define you yes because um i mean the way i see it we are kind of uh not really i think the life that we're living the reality that we experience is kind of just an illusion yeah and and, uh what we truly are is something way bigger Mm -hmm. more beautiful infinite and um we are all things and i that has helped me a lot as yes. well when when it when it comes to dealing with my past traumas and um, all of the pain that I felt in my life. A lot of my uh, trauma came from I'd never had anything bad like that happen to me that I know of. Honestly, my mom used to feed me and my brothers Xanax, and so there's a lot of my childhood that I don't remember. Yeah, and. Um, but she was a single mother, drug addict, had three bad kids, boys she couldn't handle. And uh, I guess that was her way. And so there's a lot about my childhood I do not remember at all. It's it's blank. And it might be something that I could, uh, through therapy, many different ways, try to relive. And in a way, I have kind of been able to pull some things up just through my own meditation mm-hmm. and um, being able to understand why I've been so hurt, why I've been so upset like in my life. And a lot of it just came mostly from neglect, not having a father and yeah. not having a mother, no one to really show me what love is. Yeah, I've never felt love in my life. Mm-hmm. And the word hate was used in my house more than anything. So if a child grows up in a place where the only you know word that is used to express how someone feels about you is hate, imagine you know you can imagine how they're going to grow up and what that's going to do to their psyche. Yeah. Versus a kid who grows up hearing love all the time and they're loved and they're embraced and they feel that. So um, I think that that's where a lot of my depression and anxiety came from, and even the way that I interacted with people. And I never knew how to love properly because no one ever showed me. And so it's still something that I'm working on to mm-hmm. this day is learning how to love. I, I'm still learning how to love myself. I do love myself. I'm still learning you know, how to love the people around me and the world around me, even though, even when the world upsets me and there's so much wrong in the world and there's so much bad that's going on i uh i'm still working on learning to love the people around me and the things that are happening and uh i think overall there is more good in the world i think that i think at our core the human spirit is inherently good and we want to love and uh, i think that's what we are we're loving beings um there's just something really weird going on in, in the universe that's going, something really strange that's going on with our culture right now. 
And it might just be that we're trapped inside of these, you know, meat bodies that, you know, and our brains, although they're very powerful tools, they're very limited in um, the ways that we use them. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think that we're victims to thought, to the fact that we have the, we have, we can think and we can put thoughts to things. I think that um, has been our downfall almost. But at the core of our spirit, we're, we're inherently good, I believe. So I'm learning to love the world in that way yeah. and trying to see past the bullshit. When you see people who are out there doing bad things to people, you know, being what someone would call evil, um, I see all of us as one, and I think that we all have that within us. We all have the capacity to do evil. Yeah, definitely. Everybody does. To do good. And to, to be able to see the shadow within all of us and accept it for what it is, it's it's helped me to to find love. So, kind of along those lines, what do you think as far as people who commit like such heinous crimes, like shooting up five hundred people at mm-hmm. a concert in Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. How did how does somebody get to be? How do they get to that? embrace the evil that is inside could it be the violent nature that is natural in all of us or does someone snap and just be like yeah i want to kill all these people and then kill myself it i i can't i can't really put myself in those shoes i don't know yeah. how it would work but um uh it's would you consider them equal to us though People who commit something like that? Yeah, I think we have we all have the capacity to do that. But there's a lot of things that come in play in our lives and throughout our lives that, you know, this guy might have been going through some things that he never spoke to anybody about, yeah. traumas in his life, and obviously he was mentally ill. And the way that we've, we neglect mental health in this nation is... Horrible. I think mental health should be on the top of our list of I things agree. that we need to be focusing on. There's a lot of mental health issues going on, yep. and it's, it's tearing us apart. We don't. We need to stop focusing on a fucking wall, and we need yeah. to focus on the fact that you've got ten year olds committing suicide. Yeah, I was the eleven fact- when I first tried, mm-hmm. and it's like people can't like even uh, someone asked me the other day it was the uh, how, why, why does an 11 try, 11 year old try to kill himself? You want to escape. You have no other way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy to think that, yeah. As a child, I mean, you feel helpless. Like you have, you have no voice. Yeah. Children are always told to uh, listen and don't speak. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. When, when a child. Seen, not heard. Yeah. I think children are important i think we need yes. to listen to our children um children think they're, are they're future. way smarter than we give them credit for they and are they're connected to innocence they're connected to love they're connected to things and they're on a spiritual plane that so adults fresh. that are just don't comprehend mm-hmm. and we we don't even remember yeah but you know but society has kind of conditioned us out of that and that's yes. what happens to children is that they they you know start learning about the world and uh, um, the hardships that we go through and we kind of get conditioned to the way that the world is um, and all the bullshit and the love kind of leaves us and that's the thing I notice about kids is they're all innocent they're full of love they're yes. born so pure and they are closer to that spiritual plane than we are they're fresh from it you know they're fresh out of the womb they just emerged in this crazy chaotic world out of that place that we're all going to end up in, you know, yep. after this cycle, you know, after this physical body dies, we're going to end up back in that place. Yep. And, uh, and we'll be connected to universal love, you know, yeah. that encompasses all things, uh, the flow of creation. Um, and, uh, 
So I think it's important to listen to our kids. Yes. In that in that sense. And, you know, when they're talking from a place of love and compassion, that makes way more sense than, you know, destroying the planet and dividing ourselves between each other. Um, we, we just got to accept the fact that we have to understand we are one. Like that's the most important thing. We're, we're all the same species. We're all in this experience together, experiencing the same reality. Uh, we, we're fighting the same fight, and we, we have to fight together because... Otherwise... We're, we're killing ourselves. We're fucked. Yeah, yeah. we're... This in, entire society would be so different if we just fought together mm-hmm. and not against, against each other. Against each other, Because yeah. um, there's things going on that are, you know, instead of, you know, fighting about a wall... You know, to further divide ourselves from the rest of our species, why we gotta we've got to start thinking about you know things like what if Yellowstone erupts? Yes, you know, which it's it's the the San Andreas fault line yeah. cracks. Like what? Yeah, there's these so are real things that are we've got to worry about. Yeah, there's so many things. I mean, you don't know what could fall from space at any yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, um, there's the cosmic environment is definitely something we need to focus yes. on because. Fuck! Out of the blue, one day we're we're gonna be facing, you know, certain death. And yeah. what are we gonna are we gonna be, have anything to show for it? Are we gonna have any way to combat it? We've been spending billions on billions and billions of dollars on blowing up children overseas when we could have been investing that money into sustaining our environment and, yes. or finding a way to um, make it into the future. Because this planet's not going to last forever. No, it's not. And uh, it's just, and that's kind of like, I like having these conversations and I like recording it. I like putting it out there because I think these ideas just need to start. They need to be in everybody's Yes, yeah, they do. And people need to wake up to that, to the fact. And um, I don't have all the answers. Nobody but, does. But I'm open to the discussion and I'm open to the debate. It's not about being right or wrong it's about the ideas it's about sharing ideas and um seeing things in a different light that um understanding that you know seeing things in another light that you might not have thought of Mm -hmm. and um you know how somebody feels about something to look at try to step into their shoes and, and see why it is that they think this way and all of these things can help us form a better opinion. See, I've grown as a person doing that. Mm-hmm. I I look back on who I was in high school, even like my senior year, and the things I believed mm-hmm. and how harsh they were. Yeah. Some of the things I believed in and where my morals stood. And I I've had to grow. Yeah. I've uh I've done that in my life as well. And I think that's what has made me who I am today is being able to open up to people, look at things from different perspectives, um, study mm-hmm. each side of the of the story or of the argument. Um, it's like when I study world religions and faith, spirituality. Yes. I don't stick to one thing and think that I've got it all figured yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll I, w- I want to study Islam so that I can look at things from their point of view. I want to know why someone hates Islam so much. I want to know why they, uh, people love Islam well, so much. I, the thing about this is people don't understand Islam. It's, there's so much false information about what's in the Quran and mm-hmm. what they preach and study that's thrown out into the our media mm-hmm. but it's not true and it's based off they, of people's fear yeah because they believe i mean it, it it starts out with in the beginning allah created the heavens and the earth mm-hmm. it, it's almost word for word the same christian bible mm-hmm. there's is a difference in what they believe with jesus yeah. but they believe he existed yeah he was a, an enlightened prophet they do not believe he was uh killed on the cross i believe that was it mm-hmm. But there's just, there's so much. They're a very beautiful religion. There's um, 
so many misconceptions. They don't say to kill infidels. That is a something that was completely taken out of context. That yeah. Radicals take out of context. Yeah. Just, Which is going to happen because just, just, just like Christian does. radicals yeah. take things out of context. Yeah, when you have the Crusades. Yeah. Know? Or even like the the witch trials and yes. all that. It's like the, the, the evil tragedy, you know, tragic things that Christians have done in the past. Um, it just goes to show that when man starts to stick its hands into ideology, start to twist things around and make it their own for whatever means, for their own agenda, uh, anything can be corrupted. And um, I think I want to find the beauty within all of these things. I think that every faith comes from a, a, a core truth. It comes from, yeah. Yeah. It, there's, it has to have some kind of truth behind it, each religion. Especially what makes me believe that is the fact that they all are so similar in what they believe. Yeah. There's so many similarities in background. Yeah. I mean, we're all reaching for nirvana or heaven. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to call it. Every faith calls it something different, but we're all reaching for that, uh, for that place of peace and love and that's, I think that's the aim for every religion. I should have put my phone on airplane mode. It's going on now. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to whoever's listening, but I need nicotine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see. What else? What are some... I mean, you've, uh, you've always had some kind of interesting, interesting things going on in your life. Like... Uh, I mean, we can talk about so many things. Oh, we're yeah. we're just barely thirty minutes in. Yeah, there's and uh, we've kind of barely scratched the surface with you. You know, <laughs> um, I remember one we talked once about uh, supernatural things going on inside of your your old house. Yeah, you that's know? to me that was the hardest part about my house burning down. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest parts was actually sitting there, feeling like I lost a, a, a family. Yeah. Because to me, the spirits in that home, they were, you know, I grew up in that home and I felt an attachment to them. I felt their presence. I knew they were there. I don't care who who thinks what about it. I knew they were there and I could feel that they were protective of me. Mm -hmm. There were cases that would happen that I would see that they were protective. Yeah. And that was the beauty of those of those spirits they were so surreal in the way they showed themselves to me mm-hmm. and it was only once was it ever visual where i could actually see something yeah and it wasn't even much it was just like i was pregnant with my daughter and it was like 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning and I wasn't feeling good. I was in pain. I was having um, Braxton Hicks contractions, and I was in the living room. And I called, and I got my mom to wake up. And um, before she had, uh, like, while I was on the phone calling, I looked over, and there's just this tall, glowing white mass that just moved behind the door. And it, you couldn't see through it, but it was like a glowing. So it looked solid. It looked solid, and it was a glowing mass. And I, it was only just for a few seconds. And I, when I looked at it, I felt so comforted. Comforted. Mm-hmm. I felt at peace. And it was like almost like a state of ecstasy took over me. Yeah. I don't know who it was. I, you know, I was hoping it was my best friend showing herself to me and letting me know, hey, I'm still here. Maybe my grand- grandmother went showing her, or maybe one of the spirits in the home. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reason why I ask and I bring it up is because I'm not well-versed in, in all of, in that world. Yeah. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm super open to it. Um, and I kind of, I, I mean, how do you feel about the subject overall? I mean, obviously you believe this is something. I believe it's a very important. Where do you think these spirits I mean, I think they're in limbo, and I think they don't know how to escape. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't want to say like the limbo, like unbaptized babies or yeah. people who died. Well, yeah, people who died before their time would be one, but that would make sense. But I mean, people who aren't ready to accept that they have passed or um, weren't ready to accept moving forward into the next, yeah, their next chapter for yeah. their soul. And um, do you think that maybe these spirits stayed behind for you? No. No? No, I do not. I believe that they were just there. But they were protective because you were... I think because... Do you think the, it was their house? Yeah, the- yeah. Um, actually, the, there was a history behind the home. The house was built in 1904. It was a Victorian mansion, which you remember. Yeah. You, you'd been there. And um, it was a doctor's office, and I believe they held funerals there. And um, I do know that there is on record people that have died in the home. Mm-hmm. So I believed, believe it maybe it's just those people who had passed in the home. There was nothing, no crazy murders or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you, know? you think they weren't ready to leave yeah. their home? Yeah. Cause they kind of just hung out with you? Yeah. And um, I think they, they were there when we moved into the home. And I think they became protective because they saw me from when I moved in at two years old. They watched me grow Maybe up. Maybe just recognize something special or, about you. Yeah. You I mean, yeah. Or also just because they saw me grow up. Yeah. Almost like they had yeah. an attachment to me too. Yeah. From from a little child into yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, it's it's super interesting, and I I, I want to uh, do more research into it and kind of find where I stand. I'm. Super skeptical about everything. The best be. thing you can do is actually go to a quote-unquote ghost hunt. Mm-hmm. I don't really like calling it that because it makes it sound cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, I mean, technically I guess that's what it is. But to go investigate a place that actually has a strong um, paranormal history and background. Yeah. That's the best way to actually do, like... Because you're, Come you can't in contact prove it. With to, the supernatural. You can't prove it to anybody. Who I can't, hasn't experienced this. Yeah, yet. I can't sit here and sh- pull up a picture of a ghost and be like, yeah. "Hey, look at this," or reco- yeah. records a door opening without yeah. people, and that's not going to b- prove anything. Yeah, you have to see it with your own eyes. Absolutely. And that's that. It's it's kind of how it is with God. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't force someone to believe in God. Because some people have to see to believe. Yeah. And that's really how it is with the supernatural is you have to experience it for yourself. Absolutely. And, of course, there are so many things that are can be debunked and not everything is supernatural. Yeah. Um, but what you do experience and what you feel, a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of pe- most people don't know is the energy in a room... Can actually, you can tell a lot by the energy in a room. It's and like walking you, into a room, picking up bad vibes when there's like a, a couple fighting. Yeah, or, or something. It's, I'm at more a physical sense. It's weird, but it's like a heaviness mm-hmm. when there's a presence of a spirit around. You get real, like, so like almost like something sitting on your chest, mm-hmm. kind of. Or weighing on your shoulders, you feel pressure. Yeah. And that's a one indication that, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but that is a sign that not a sign, but that can be a spirit's presence. And some people don't know and I would that's think, not always enough to prove either. I would think that some people are just more in tune as well. Yeah, I've had other people tell me that because I've I've gone into, there's this metaphysics store in, um, there's one in Richardson and then one in Louisville. And the one in Louisville is called Miracles of Joy. And every time I go in there, even though I know they cleanse the crystals and everything, I know things. There's still things attached. I go in there and it's just, I'm overwhelmed. But whoever I can take in there, I'll be like, God, you feel that? And they're like... No. I just walked into a, a store. Yeah, I'm like, no, like I'll feel it. Yeah. And it's it's like that in homes too. Um 
this is the first time I have ever lived in where I have not felt that. Yeah. Which is amazing. That's weird. Uh, it's it's an amazing feeling because it to me it confirms what I've felt in the past. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh I have to like I said I have to do my own research and experience my own things yeah. and whatnot. Um, I'm researching and experiencing so many things at the moment. It's just I'll get around to it. I mean, it's I'll get you and my boy because my boyfriend isn't. He's skeptical. I don't know if he's a skeptic or he just doesn't believe. Yeah. But I'm gonna get you two and take y'all somewhere okay. one night and just, I gotta think because I know of some really good locations to go to. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm very open to the experience. And, it's, uh, it's an interesting experience. And even if not, like, even if you don't see anything, the experience and, like, kind of, like, the adrenaline that you get, the, the excitement. Yeah. And it is kind of spooky, like, when it's so pitch black and you're, like, in some strange place. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, that I, part is fun. So even if you don't The only experience, experience I had like that was um, in Turner Falls, Oklahoma. You heard about the... Uh, the castle there or I, I it's not a castle really but i think it was it was a I forgot what it was like some kind of encampment made by slaves it's like this rock like it's all made by rocks it's a structure um i, I don't know the the full history of it mm. but it's supposedly it's haunted and it's uh at turner falls in oklahoma and uh we went when i was i don't know 12 or 13 and um my older brother was with me. He was five years older, so he was 18. Uh, he met some other teenagers there who had been there, you know, and they they got to talking, and they had told him about this haunted castle and whatnot. Started telling him stories about what had ha- what happened. A girl was uh, walking up the stairs at night. You know, they were going to go explore, and um, something grabbed her foot. She fell down and um, scraped her knee up. Um, and then all, all other kinds of things. They told us to bring the camcorder. We had a little camcorder. They said to take pictures and, and just film around. They wanted to take us. So we went that night. And, you know, I was 13 years old. This was super exciting, scary. Yeah. And, I mean, it, we, we had to go at night. And you're really not supposed to go in there. And so we went in. We took the camcorder. We recorded a bunch of stuff. And when we got back, and uh, we looked at all of the recordings. There was a lot of weird shit, like in the cameras. Not that we saw it with our with our own yeah. eyes when we were in there, but looking through a lens and looking on a screen. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing. Is when you do go, is you you always need to record. Yeah, because there are things that you won't be able to pick up. Your physical senses can't yeah. pick up. Yeah, and it's really cool though. It's, and some of it can be debunked. And some of it could and, be and like light other, or something. Yeah, like that you were there. The air, like when you see orbs and stuff, it could or be a particle. Or you can hear a voice and you're like, okay, I know nobody was with us and said that. Like, because you were there, you experienced it. So. Uh, another thing I noticed was I didn't notice it with my own eyes when we were in there, but some of the walls looked almost as if, like in the recording, the walls looked almost as if they were painted with blood it was really oh, weird creepy. in the recording and and i didn't see that with my own eyes until i looked at the camera you know um, right up the road there's a place there's a <laughs> there's a place right up the road um down 342 and it's got uh it's go we just call it ghost bridge but they some man was hung on that bridge back in the day mm-hmm. and it's you Real, feel do you feel a presence yeah, when you go? Yeah, I do, and it's also right next to a, the creepiest cemetery you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, terrifying cemetery, but it's that's a good place to go. That that cemetery and that bridge. I would like to. I just have to be around people who are open to that experience mm-hmm. and and want to do things like that. Um, like I said, I really have to experience these things for myself uh, to get a better idea of it. Um, I'm not 100% sure on how I feel about spirits. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I feel like uh, I feel like after life or after our physical life here, um, we all return to 
the source we return we, we just i think consciousness is the the seed of our soul i think that when we talk about the soul we talk about spirit what we're talking about is consciousness see you need to read that book that i was telling you about journey of souls mm-hmm. where the doctor puts yeah. people hypnosis. in a hypnosis state and has them uh, relive what happened when they died and the journey after mm-hmm. and it explains how there's normally like a guide once you like the, that light that you always hear like i see a light yeah some people get that light, they get stuck in that light, which would be kind of like limbo. Mm-hmm. And then others go all the way through the light, and those are the ones who are more accepting of what's happen- happening. And there's a guide at the end who prepares you before you reincarnate. And you're not automatically reincarnated. Yeah. Like sometimes, you, well, time is nothing but an illusion anyway, but I mean, it won't, it's not immediate sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't really know. It might be that that spirit that you're just stirring around in, in this um, place beyond our perception, it, it might be that you're just stirring around and uh, maybe doing other things. I don't know. You um, have to grow. Like, your spirit has to grow through each life. That each time you reincarnate, you're supposed to grow each life. You're supposed to, um, you know become more connected with your higher self every time you reincarnate. That's the ultimate goal. And people who know that and do that are the ones who have lived multiple lives and are accepting, will be accepting of death and won't be stuck when it happens. And that's, that's very Buddhist. Um, Yeah. When their, their belief of reincarnation coming back and uh, each time you're coming back, you're trying to, to do better so that you can, Maybe in the next life, reach nirvana. Yeah. Every every life you get is a uh, is another shot to get closer, um, and karma comes into play um, through uh, through past lives and into your next life, depending on the type of person you are. In this life, if you were born in this life and you're kind of just like fuck it and you wanted to shoot people at concerts, then in your next life you're gonna come back with some pretty hard. Yeah, karma, and it's just going to be harder for you to get to that nirvana. Yeah, one um, there's this in that book actually. One person talked about how um, I lost my train of thought with that. <laughs> uh, but one person talked about how they um, they killed themselves in a past life because they couldn't handle the situation they were put in. And then in the next, they were They're facing hoping. that same situation oh, currently. Yeah. And it was like... It was no escape. You really, you, you have to experience you, Yeah, it's like, okay, you're being punished. You have to, you have to, because this is something you're supposed to grow through. Yeah. So you need to experience it. And that kind of sucks because it makes you think, okay, well, each life you're going to experience something pretty hard, yeah. probably. But... You know, it, it's worth it. And I have this psych, psychotic belief. It's not psychotic. It's just crazy. And But I believe that after you've reincarnated so many times and you've reached a certain point in your higher being that you become almost God yourself. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you reincarnate and you become a planet. You sustain life. Mm-hmm. And, like, your soul is a planet. I, I, think, I think there's something to that. I think that... I mean, from where I've come to in my understanding um, is that when we die, I think that we are, I think we're already God. I think that we are God Mm -hmm. incarnate. I think that every single atom down to the very smallest molecule is God. Yes. The the energy that flows through the trees and to the leaves and the, the sunlight that comes and causes photosynthesis, all of this, the particles beyond all of our, what we can perceive this is God. God is nothing but a constant flow of creation. Yeah. And um, so I believe that when we die, um, when our body decomposes, all of the all of the matter that makes up our body, all of the atoms, they they decompose and they go into create further things. Things are, are you know, matter can't be created nor destroyed, but yeah. it can be used to form other things. And so that's what 
happens when our bodies go. As for our conscious, as our soul, I think it just it goes back to that place of what what drives creation. I think that the whole universe is consciously driving creation yes. and creating beauty. And so I think that when we pass, we are just re we reemerge into a closer um, place with God or the source. That's where I've just that's where I've come in my understanding. Yeah. But I'm 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 open to everybody's interpretation. I'm open to seeing it from their light so that I can form my own opinion. And I just and that, think it's that's how everybody should be. Yeah. Everybody should I mean Like I'm not gonna sit here and say, No, you have it wrong. Yeah. Because what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Know? And we so, don't know a goddamn thing at the end of the day. No, yeah. Not I mean, we can't even scratch the surface of what there is to know. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's beyond our brain's puny uh, capabilities. It's just, we can't. And it's pure ignorance to sit there and say that, you've that this is the out. ultimate truth. Yeah. You were wrong. This is the ultimate truth. That's what bothers me a lot with religion. Yeah, we've got to get out of that. We've got to get, yes. it doesn't do us any good. And, um, I mean, we're all just here experiencing the same bullshit and, uh, you got to find some way to enjoy it, love it, love the people around you, mm-hmm. uh, make the most of it. Um, so just in this conversation, I've kind of been able to re- like pinpoint different beliefs that you have used to form your own opinion. Yes. Like you had some Buddhist things in there. Um, almost seemed like maybe some Wicca. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of Wicca. You have a pentagram around your neck that if I was more observant, I would have noticed that. <laughs> but you also have a, a Hail Satan. Well, is that what that says? It's a Baphomet, yeah. So, explain that. Um, I believe in the philosophy of Satanism. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. It is. It and is I think it's abs- more peaceful than yes. um, a lot of uh, faiths, a lot it of is. beliefs. Um, I've kind of read on the core principles of Satanism, and it's it's really like every when you read through it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. See, what really got me was, um, you know, you have to think that there's so many things that got about God that actually it's like God sounds probably evil, the evil one. Yeah. because it's he wanted to keep us ignorant mm-hmm. where we could not have knowledge. He wanted to keep us naked, and it's like, why would you want to keep us ignorant? Yeah. Why would you want to keep us enslaved and obedient? Mm-hmm. Why not give us automatically give us free will? We didn't yeah. really get that until Satan t- came to Eve and was like, "You should be free to do whatever." This you isn't want. right. Yeah. Like, and you know, which is why Satan left heaven to begin with. And you know, I don't. The Satanism doesn't actually be- worship Satan or actually believe in Satan. Yeah. It's just that philosophy yeah. behind it. Yeah, it's a that philosophy is- that's kind of... It's it's like... So when you look at Hinduism and Buddhism, you look at all of these archetypal figures mm-hmm. uh, like Shiva, like Kali, yes. like uh, Ganesh. Look at all of these archetypal figures. It... It's not that they necessarily believe these gods are out there in physical form or that they are physical beings that ever existed. It's the archetype. It's the the, um, the philosophy behind yes. each figure that makes up our living reality. Yeah, and, um, exactly. And so in a way, you know, maybe that's the way Satanism looks at their teachings and using the, the Christian God as an example for... You know what it might have really just been about control, about yeah. controlling the masses, and because um, when you think about it, you know maybe God was the evil one, and you look at the teachings of the Christian God, and you can kind of be like, "That's pretty fucked up. Like, yeah. why is this guy like this? You yeah. know, if he's some man in the, you know, some all loving God in the sky, some all powerful God, why are their kids dying of bone cancer?" See, one of my favorite... If you're favorite... all loving, why do you let this happen to your creation? If you're all powerful, why don't you stop it if you love so much? 
My one of my favorite um, bits in comedy was actually George Carlin when he was sitting there talking about oh, uh, he if you don't believe him and all this stuff he'll send you to hell, but he loves you. Yeah, and it's like okay if you love us, but, but we us don't see, but we don't see enough proof that you exist, and we don't believe, so you're gonna burn us, but yet you still love us. Yeah. No, that's that's not right. That's not a God I want to worship. No, exactly. And I think, you know, if he's the father and you're a parent, if he's a parent and we're all his children, do you that's want do you want your own child to suffer for eternity? Would you ever let your child no. suffer? Why would you let that happen to your child? Exactly. If if this is like a parent is going to want to protect their child from eternal suffering. I mean that's that's unconditional love. Like even if your child disobeys you, if you want your ch- your kid to do something, and they disobey you and they go and do something else, and they're just no matter how much your child disobeys you and does things that you wish it wouldn't, that doesn't stop your unconditional love yeah. for them and the fact that you want the best for them and the most for them. So why is this asshole in the clouds like condemning? people to eternal never-ending suffering because they disobeyed him that's a fucking asshole yeah straight up i agree but that is that i mean he's the biggest dick yeah he is the definition of everything you are if a man like there's one verse if a man is to wear a woman's garments he's an abomination like dude why are you such a fucking dickhead yeah it's like homeboy wear a dress like like, man can't man shall not lie with man uh okay so you're gonna punish someone because they're doing something that doesn't hurt anyone and they're in love like if somebody loves someone you're gonna punish someone because of who they're attracted to that they can't help there's no logic it's it's fucked yeah there's no logic and so i can see why uh you know the you know satanist would believe this uh, philosophy of God was actually the evil one, and Satan was there to say, "Hey, this isn't right. You know, he's keeping you from being free. You're a slave to this man." <laughs> like that's the way I kind of see it. Yes. And uh, um, what else do you study or know about Wicca uh, or Satanism, or do you like? Do tarot, astrology? Um, I I don't do astrology. I think astrology is bullshit, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that um, where the stars aligned and the placement of everything when you were born having to do with your personality, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Maybe. To me, that's just, I I don't, I I can't say if it's true or not, but to me, it's ridiculous. I am absolutely nothing like my horoscope it's never right yeah my boyfriend's not like his i think they can be i think you can look at them and find something about it and be like oh yeah it's like but you could like i'm a pisces but i could read a a taurus horoscope and be like well that kind of i can kind of relate to that yeah i think in every one of them you can find something um i i don't i can't say that i 100 percent know anything um whether it's right or wrong um when it comes to astrology and the position of the moon or the position of the sun and this constellation or what that has to do with anything and how that affects our lives, I'm not 100% sure. I know that everything, every living thing um, puts out energy, yeah. puts out uh, vibrations, and puts. There's, uh, we all have an energetic force in so many different ways that we can understand. There's not just one energy that we put out. Um, even celestial objects have, they put out energy, they have magnetic, uh, they have, uh, what is it, I can't even think, um, they have m- magnetic fields, oh. <laughs> fields is the word, um, but even the moon has an effect on our tides, and so with all of these energies and all of these vibrations gravity, all of these things coming into play that I'm just way too dumb to completely understand. I think there's so much more that I don't understand. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe not. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know enough of it to, to have a real good stance on it. At the, 
at where I stand now, I don't under I don't get it. Yeah. I don't see how there's any proof. And if there if there is anything true about it, if there is anything real within that field and that understanding of that philosophy, then I think it's been blown way out of proportion from what it originally was. Mm-hmm. Just like all of these faiths. Just like uh, it's been commercialized. Yes. So, I mean, how can you look up a horoscope on the internet and think that this was the one for you? I would think that if you're going to get a reading from somebody, like even with tarot cards um, or an astrologer and you go to them, I think the, the reading would have to be more personal on a spiritual level. Like, See, I went to a psychic um, when I was about a month pregnant. And um, I went to actually a, a, a supernatural convention in Louisville. And um, I was about a month pregnant. And I wanted to see a psychic, and there were so many different ones. And I'm like, I have this belief, like, the more they charge, they're probably a fraud. Mm -hmm. So um, I chose two different ones. I chose one who did cost quite a bit, and then another one who was really, really cheap. Yeah. And the one who was really cheap, all she had was my first name, and she knew so much about me. She knew I was pregnant. She knew there'd be complications. When I was giving birth, she knew my best friend had just died. She knew I was adopted. She knew all this stuff about me. And it was just, the reading itself was so powerful. Yeah. The things that she told me about myself, the, th- the ways, um, it, it helped with how I could grow. Goes, it can go back to growth because it honestly helped with how I could grow as a human. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's definitely frauds out there. Yes, there's probably more frauds than there are people who are true or are real in that aspect. And um, I don't put it past anybody who uh, I, I kind of I did a a psychic reading once, and it was just kind of it was weak. Um, I don't know. She telling me about shoulder pains that I was gonna have, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know. It was really weird. Generic. But, yeah, it's like. It's like when a psychic it's like is a money grab. Yeah, it's thing. like how um, let's take Sylvia Brown for instance, or um, what's his name? That dude who did Crossing Over, John Edward, or something. I don't know much. Uh, John Edward. Okay, yeah, she knew. <laughs> um, he, they go into this room and they just have a bunch of people and they just start asking the basic, most generic yeah, so questions. They, like, I'm sensing somebody lost lost a mother. And yeah, somebody in the crowd. Does, and there's like lost 40 people yeah. like raise their hand like, uh, and it begins okay. with an A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sensing she was brunette. Yeah. yeah. Like just and like how many people out of 40, you know, had a mother that named yeah. was Anna. Had dark hair, like yeah, you're gonna find somebody, and yeah. so they kind of just pull the questions out or the answers out of people, like. And then they like use things they say to ask the next. Yeah. Be like, oh, this, this. Yeah. Like, you can definitely trick people into. I mean, if you're, you can get that skill down to a science and an algorithm so that you can use it against people. Yeah, it's, I um was trying to study this thing. I'm. I want to get my boyfriend to do it with me as a party trick like a psychic party trick where we can convince people that we're talking to each other through our brains. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on YouTube and basically the person like leaves the room and somebody like comes and tells me a name. And um, then that other person, like my boyfriend would come back in the room mm-hmm. and I'd be like, I'd snap and like, I'd, I'd make people think, Oh, this is me sending him. Like helping him relax yeah. and stuff, but I'm actually snapping the syllables of how many syllables there are, and then like every t- like I'll snap syllables, and then I'll like say a sentence like listen really, uh, think really hard about this, or oh like whatever sentence you use, like the second word, the first letter of that second word will be the letter of the first name. And it would be fun. It's like, it's it sounds fun to do. Like I want to do it and see just if we as can an do. experiment. Like, yeah. just to have fun. But now I'm saying this on a podcast, yeah. so oh. I mean, it will work. <laughs> well, maybe. And I'm a horrible liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you're just gonna start laughing. I'm gonna laugh. I would. But um, I think we've come up on an hour, and I like to keep this around. An yeah, hour, sounds you know? good. Um, but it was it was fun. It was great. Definitely having a conversation with you, and I mean, we finally got to do this. Yeah, I mean, we we had been trying for probably about a year now. Yeah, but I understand like you had been going through things, like a lot had been happening. Two and, surgeries, house yeah. burnt down. Raising a child, going through treatments. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you doing this, and I've been looking forward to it. I've been wanting to, so. And I can't wait to hear yours. When yeah. You start your podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll start my podcast. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I need to get my boyfriend to do it with me. Right. He's, he's he's the funny one. Yeah. He's the one who's funny. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Goodbye, people. Adios. Peace out. Au revoir. How do you say that in French? Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir, au revoir, Zane. Um, Ciao. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>